Hey there, my friend. Raise your hand if you are a beginner witch or a more seasoned witch who struggles to get the results you want after setting an intention. If you have your hand raised, I have a solution for you. Join me for a live, free, 45-minute workshop on setting intentions that get results. Go to witchlifeacademy.lilithamberley.com forward slash workshop and get registered. It is absolutely free. And by the time you're done, you're going to be able to write an intention that gets the results that you are looking for. I hope to see you there. Second thing I want to share, in case you didn't know, the doors are now open for Jumpstart Your Magical Practice. This is the four-week online course that I have been working on to bring my more than 10 years of experience and practice to you so you don't have to spend the next 10 years trying to figure out what kind of magic really works. If you're ready to find out more, go to witchlifeacademy.lilithamberley.com forward slash get started. The links will be in the show notes. Welcome to Not Your Daughter's Witchcraft, podcast hosted by me, Lilith Amberley. If you're exploring witchcraft for something beyond the aesthetic, if some social media platforms make you cringe and say, that's not me. If you're looking to build a practice that enhances your life, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Well, hey there, my friend. Welcome to another episode of Not Your Daughter's Witchcraft. So if you were listening last week, you know I said no episode this week. I was going to be taking a quick break, but I was able to work ahead because I am getting so many questions in The Witch Is In, and I want to stay caught up on those. My goal is to try to answer those as timely as possible. So here we go. The first question we have comes from Carla, and Carla wrote, Daily ritual, how to incorporate it into your life, dot, 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 for real. So thank you so much for that, Carla. First, I want to say, just in case you haven't listened to it, go back to episode number 10, which was called Behind the Scenes, My Daily Practice. And in that episode, I described what my normal daily practice consists of and gave you all the ins and outs of what it is I do every day. And I really keep it rather simple. I know that this is something that so many people struggle with, and I think it's because we have this picture in our mind as to what a witchcraft practice is supposed to look like. And we have all of these images that we see, whether it's on television, in movies, or more often than not today on social media. All you have to do is go and look at some Instagram reels, go to some TikTok videos, and you see these images of witches and their witchcraft practices. And some of them are really gorgeous and beautifully created for social media. You know, that's just not real life, at least not for most of us. Many of us are working a full-time job, maybe we're raising a family or have other responsibilities, and we aren't just spending our days being witches. Maybe some of us wish that we could, but that's often not the reality. So daily practice really begins when we forget all the aesthetic and just be a witch. It becomes part of who you are, not what you do. It's not waking up and lighting a dozen candles and doing all of those elaborate rituals and spending hours doing spellcraft and everything in your home is off the hook witchy. 
that's just generally not the case. Now, if that is you, you know, if you have the time to get up and do all those things and you're putting all your witchy on and your house is like awesomely witchy, good for you. That's fantastic. But that's not an expectation that we should all set for ourselves. You know, if you are in the know and you walk through my home, surely you are going to know that something is probably up because I do have some things around my house that most people wouldn't. But if you're just walking through quickly, most people wouldn't even know. And that's kind of how I live my life as well. I'm a witchy person. It's who I am. And I'm incorporating that into my regular daily routine of life. So what does that mean when it comes to a daily practice for me? It's just a few simple things. I try to provide an offering to the spirits that I work with every day, and it can be really quick. I typically use incense, and if you're using incense, look for those sticks that you can like break in half and just burn part of it if you're pressed for time. Every morning, I try to do a short meditation practice, and each day I pull a tarot card. Those are the things that I do regularly, and I keep it kind of simple. Now, if I'm doing specific work with a specific deity, I might set aside some time on a specific day each week. You know, sometimes on a Thursday, I do a short ritual and offering to Jupiter. But that's not every day. You know, more elaborate offerings and rituals to Hecate, I do once a month on the dark moon. Again, not every day. So when you say for real, for me, that's what's for real. I'm just making the time to do these simple things. You know, there's no magic that's going to make the time for you, unfortunately. You just need to find the time to carve it in. But the most important thing is lower your expectations lower them. Now, just like anything else, you do need time to devote to your practice. The more often you craft the spells, the better you're going to get at them. The more often you write intentions, the better you're going to get at them. But stop thinking that this is something that is going to be hours of your life every day, because for most of us, that's just not the case. I know it isn't easy, but start with five minutes and just build up from there. Thank you so much for that question, Carla. The next question that I have comes from Leah. Leah writes, Dear Lilith, thank you so much for the podcast. It's so relatable and has been very helpful. My question is, do you have a book of shadows? I've never heard you talk about one, and it seems like this would be a common part of the craft. If you have one, would you describe it? First, Leah, thank you so much for the kind words. And You're right. I don't think I've ever talked about a book of shadows on this podcast. I think I've probably talked about or mentioned journaling from time to time, which is part of my book of shadows. So let me go ahead and tell you what I do. I used to have several different paper journals that, you know, I guess you could say made up my book of shadows. I personally like to write as opposed to type. So I'd have all these different journals everywhere. And if I was going away, I literally packed them all up to take with me, which was quite frustrating at times. And, you know, there was times that I'd forget one and then I'd be looking for it and I wouldn't have it when I needed it. So what I did about two years ago was bought myself a Remarkable and I love it. I mean, love it. It was not inexpensive, but it was probably the best tech purchase that I ever made. And no, I don't work for Remarkable. I don't get anything for saying that. It is just perfect for someone like me because I like to handwrite things. And this feels like writing on paper. It's really pretty incredible. 
So now I have all of my different notebooks created in there. So here's what it looks like. I have a broad category called spiritual. And then in that category, I have several notebooks. I have one for my ancestry work. I have a notebook for astrology. I have a notebook for my tarot readings. I have notebooks associated with my work that I do with Hecate. I have one dedicated to Jupiter. I have a notebook dedicated to my bardic journey, which is part of my druid path. I have one for my spellcraft. I have all of these notebooks in there that now I'm able to keep organized in a better manner and just having, you know, say one book of shadows. So I have all of these notebooks that are my book of shadows and all of them are so important. So, you know, you don't need to go that route, that's fine. But whether you choose paper or electronic, my suggestion would be to do it in a way that you can either divide it out into sections, like in a binder that you can add pages to or add sections to. So here are the key things to keep in there. If you do daily journaling, keep it in there. If you are doing any kind of divination work, keep a record of it. I mentioned I do a lot of tarot readings. That's my go-to. So I have a place in there where I will record all of my readings. Because what I found over time is that I'll begin to see patterns arise. Sometimes when I'm pulling a card, I'll be like, you know, gosh, it seems like I pulled that card a lot recently. And I go back through and sure enough, I did. It really helps me to be able to put a bigger picture together of what's going on. And if I didn't have all of those recordings, or I'm sorry, all those readings recorded, I wouldn't be able to remember them. If you are into dream work or interpreting your dreams, have a section for that. Now, this is one area that you may want to keep a separate little notebook next to your bed so you can wake up and just like scribble something down really quick. And then as if you have time later in the day, go ahead and transfer that into your book of shadows. Sometimes our dreams aren't profound or they don't seem profound by themselves, but when you start putting them all together, a new story will begin to unfold. I mentioned that I have one for spellcraft, so what do I write down for that? Well, first I'll describe the situation, you know, what's going on, and then I write down the parts of the spell, just like a recipe. What are the ingredients that I'm going to use? And I'll write them all down, and then I will write down specifically what I'm going to do, including the date and time that I do the spell. I'll include the phase of the moon, what sign it's in, and other astrological happenings that are important to the timing of the spell for me. I write those down as I'm doing it because I want to perhaps look for patterns later, you know, what worked, what didn't work. And it's easier for me if I already have them written down instead of then going back and trying to figure out, say, what sign the moon was in on a specific day and time. So if I'm doing the spell specifically on a day of the week or a time for a purpose, I also write that down. I'll say, you know, I'm doing the spell on a Thursday because it's the day of Jupiter and this is a spell for success. So I'll make note of that there. Then after the spell, I go back and I document the outcomes. How did the spell work out? Did I have to go back and redo it? Did I change anything? Because if I don't keep a record of that, it's kind of like starting from scratch each time and trying to remember what worked and what didn't work. And, you know, I don't want to waste my time doing the same things over and over again if they haven't been successful. So keeping records to me is very important. And those are things that I put in my book of shadows. Now, of course, I'm talking about a book of shadows for the solitary witch, which is what I am. If you belong to a coven, the coven may have their own book of shadows. I don't belong to a coven, but I helped facilitate 
a Book of Shadows project in an online group a few years ago, and it was a lot of fun. I think we had about 20 people, and each person wrote down one or two of their favorite spells or rituals and then sent copies to each person in the group. And we actually made hard copies of them to send because we wanted to keep our energy associated with the work. And we had people that went ahead and they individualized the copies or like hand wrote just like a little piece on each copy. We had some witches that added handcrafted items that went into the Book of Shadows. And it was really amazing. I mean, I love to pull that out from time to time and read what people contributed because it just has so much witchy energy and magic in it. So that's just if you are not part of a coven, but you have some witchy friends, you know, exchange some spells, exchange some rituals and start putting them in a book. So it's always like a really, I thought it was a cool project. So thank you so much for that question, Leah. The next question for this week comes from Marie. Marie wrote, I have a small lump under my arm that's been there for a while and it's very painful. I know I should have a mammogram, but I'd like to try a healing spell first. Do you have a spell that you can send to me for healing? So I really appreciate this question and I've struggled so much with how to answer this. And I think my answer is just no, I'm not going to send a spell for healing in this case. You need a mammogram and I don't want to be part of the delay in you getting one. And I'm sorry if that comes off as harsh. I absolutely believe that each of us has sovereignty over our bodies, but unless you're at a point in life that you don't care what the outcome is, and I don't think that's the case because you're asking for a spell for healing, I think you need to find out what's going on. You know, most insurances in the United States are going to cover some or most of the cost of mammograms. If you can't afford a mammogram, please contact the National Cancer Institute. It's one 800 4 cancer or the American Cancer Society at 1-800-ACS-2345, and they may be able to assist you. I will put those numbers in the show notes. Please take care of yourself, Marie. The last question that I have for this week comes from Jillian, and they write, I heard you mention that you are a mom. How do you incorporate your kids into your witchcraft practice? So thank you so much for that question, and it's a very personal one you know, where there's no right or wrong way to go about it. For me, I don't incorporate my kids into my witchcraft practice. I was raised Catholic and I know my parents did what they thought was right, but it took me way too long in life to feel comfortable exploring my own spirituality. And I don't want to put my kids in that position. I want them to be able to find their own spiritual paths. That said, I am here to guide them as they need it. I absolutely answer their questions that they have. And keep in mind, I'm talking about middle school age kids here. I don't hide things from them. You know, we have conversations about different religions and different religious practices. They participated in an online class on OutSchool about world religions. So it's not that they aren't exposed to spirituality or religion. I don't dissuade them from anything that they have questions about. I just don't encourage them to follow my path either. Now I can tell you that I do have some practices that I include them in, but I don't consider them witchcraft practices per se. So on Samhain, we always do an ancestor feast in our house, and it's been amazing. My kids have been involved in that for years. So it's a way that we honor our beloved dead. We set up an altar for them about a week or so before Samhain, and 
it's a pretty big deal in our house. Like we go all out with this altar, you know, we put flowers and gourds and all kinds of seasonal things and pictures of our ancestors in that altar space. And then on or around Samhain, we hold an ancestor feast, which is also known as a dumb supper. I just really don't like that phrase, so I don't use it. So we prepare a meal, set the table, and keep an empty space at the table for our ancestors. Before we start, I call in our ancestors, you know, kind of like an open invitation, and then we sit in silence until the meal is finished. I then thank the ancestors for coming, and I give them permission to depart or to hang around for as long as they want because I don't want to be a rude host and have it seem like I'm kicking them out. And my kids participate in that, and they love it. It's something that they look forward to each year. Now, when they were younger, we just did the ancestor altar because it does take some discipline for them to be able to sit in silence throughout the whole meal. The other thing that we've done a few times is a winter solstice celebration where we created a spiral out in our yard with evergreen branches and then we set out battery operated candles around the spiral. We started with them all turned on and then I walked into the spiral turning each off as I walked toward the center and then each person in our family walked to the center and they departed one by one, coming like from the inside of the spiral, working their way out and turn the candles back on on their way out. So depending on how many candles and how many people you have, they could each turn one on or a few working, you know, from the center out. So, you know, person one, as they're leaving the center, they might turn on the first two candles. And then person two, as they're leaving the center, would turn on like candles three and four. So you're lighting it from the inside and working your way to the outside. And when the ritual was finished, you know, all of the light was back, all of the spiral was lit up. And that's been a lot of fun for us. You know, of course, though, this is just the way that I approach it. And again, it may not be what's right for you, but thank you so much for the question. Well, I'm glad that I did hop on this week to answer a few questions. Otherwise, I'd probably be really behind next week. So until then, stay witchy, my friends. Now, before you go, I want to make sure that we stay connected. So go ahead, join my VIP list. It's witchlifeacademy.lilithamberley.com forward slash resources. The link will be in the show notes. And I want you to join my VIP list because when you do, you're going to have access to all of my free resources, the ones that are there now and the ones that I publish in the future. You're also going to have access to any upcoming offers, programs, courses, etc. that are going to come out. So I don't want you to miss that. I want to make sure that we stay connected. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and give the show a rating. That's so important, especially for newer podcasts. I would really, really appreciate that. Until next time, I hope you have a most wonderful and magical day.